Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The actions of the Russian Federation on the border with Ukraine. Unfounded accusations that we have refuted. Let's be very clear here. It's Russia. Russia will be held accountable. I will nominate the first black woman. Politicize the entire nomination process. The answer is... Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back. A a new week. Survive the weekend. Survive the uh, snowmageddon. Yeah, the (laughs) snowmageddon. I have to tell you, they got it up north, but uh, we we got by pretty easy. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty... Pretty nasty, nothing. nasty, and uh, oh, up in Boston north. and uh, two feet in New York. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, high Thursday, seventy-one. Mm. So uh, get you, ready. So taping early Thursday? Uh, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, lots to talk about today, and we've got a guest coming on with us in about a half hour, talking about immigration. Somebody that is very, very well versed in immigration. Uh, his name is Mark Morgan. He was uh, the serving uh, commissioner of U.S. Custom and Border Protection in the Trump administration. Um, interestingly, at, uh, immigration came up during the meeting between the vice president, the president, and the National Governors Association. I guess Cooper was up there. I don't know. I would think so, being a good buddy of Joe's. Uh, president Biden refused to take questions from reporters before they were ushered out of the room by aggressive staff. Biden spoke for about 11 minutes, mostly reading off his notes, but at the end of ad-libbing, and uh, when he ad-libs, you never know what's going to come out, but <laughs> he he said at about 11.35, he said he was told to take questions. And he says, I'm going to start with Governor Cox. Then without any explanation at all, all of a sudden the hanglers, handlers and wranglers came in and immediately ushered out reporters. If I may. But having said that, why don't I stop and uh, take any questions you all may have? And they tell me I'm supposed to call on Governor Cox first. Great. I think we'll have Supreme Court candidates. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Get out. Get out. Don't answer any questions, Mr. President. Get out. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Uh, yeah, no questions were asked, no questions were answered. You Actually, know, they did holler a couple of questions out. You know, contrast him with Donald Trump that took uh, – he, he Donald Trump took more unplanned questions oh, yeah. than Joe Biden has taken planned questions. And, uh, you know, Joe, uh, Donald Trump would just be on the way to the helicopter and would talk for an hour. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unscripted to the to the press, and now we have – you know, how many dozens of people racing them away every time there's cameras around? And, and, you know, it's because he has no clue, literally. And think about, by the way, did you hear on Friday he came out and said what a marvelous first year he had? And just <laughs> reciting just all the wonderful things that he's accomplished. Uh, you know, never mentioned Afghanistan, never mentioned inflation, never mentioned crime, which is just through the roof. And by, but he says he's going to go up to New York to solve the crime problem this I, week. I didn't know if he just kind of like went off on this little explanation about how he loved the grilled cheese sandwiches at the 
<laughs> that the chef at the White House made or something. Because I, I, I don't know what he's going to look to. What is he going to hang his hat on for the last year? I mean, really. You know what's really weird, though? Go go Google um, this, you know, the reporters being ushered out during the uh, National Governors Association meeting. When all of a sudden the handlers came in and started ushering people out, Joe has that stupid Cheshire grin on his face. <laughs> That he has no no clue what's going on, but he just he's you know just trying to sort of slough it off, laugh it off. But clearly, the most bizarre thing that the president uh, said during his meeting was uh, he said that his administration is trying to figure out, in his words, why are the migrants leaving their home country and coming here? <laughs> now we'll talk to uh, Mark Morgan about that, among other things. But uh, Mr. President, I hate to break the news to you. But right now, the American people don't really care as to the reason why illegals wake up one day and decide, hey, it'd be a good thing for me to go to America illegally. When someone breaks into your home in the middle of the night, you don't take a survey. You don't ask the guy, Gee, can you tell me why you broke into my home? Uh, you know, if you have a gun and they break into your home, you're probably going to use it. I mean, that's up to you, but you're probably going to you're going to at least call the cops to have the guy arrested. But you're probably, if you're armed, you're probably going to use it. The American people don't really care. Now, I'm not saying they're uncompassionate to the people that have issues. We are a compassionate people. But frankly, they don't care when people are breaking into their house why the person is breaking into the house. They want them to stop, Mr. President. And if you haven't figured that out, you're, you're well, we know you're clueless. The, the numbers keep, I mean, basically we had twice as many people this December, this November come in as we did a year ago, more than twice. Well, you know, back in, I guess the spring when they're basically talking about, you know, didn't understand why did, had Biden or Harris basically hadn't been to the border at all. Right. Didn't go to, during the campaign. I seem to recall uh, some research done that basically in his entire political career, I don't, I don't know that he'd ever been to the border or Mexico. So he maybe truly... You know, living in that Washington bubble for 50 years, he, he probably has no clue of what goes on in the real world. That is not just true for Biden. That is true for most of D.C. Yeah. They live in a bubble. They have no clue what's going on outside. They have no clue what the American people actually think. It's uh, Anyway, we'll talk to, more, uh, to Mark Morgan more about that. Interesting uh, release of information. The uh, Carolina Journal covered this. I've got the uh, press relief as well. There's an uh, interesting organization called the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Apparently today they found out they have won a pretty big case that they filed against the North Carolina State Board of Elections. Uh, today, this group, the Public Interest Legal Foundation, reached a settlement with the North Carolina State Board of Elections to disclose records relating to foreigners registering and voting. The settlement marks the transparency for our elections and for the National Voter Registration Act, which requires election officials to allow inspection of all records related to the maintenance of voter rolls. The North Carolina State Board of Election agreed to settle the case after a federal appeals court ruled that the, um, the act, the National Voter Registration Act, requires disclosure of documents related to non-citizens registering and voting. So, you know, this is a big win for the people of North Carolina, a big win for the Public Interest uh, Legal Foundation. And by the way, the state of North Carolina, which unfortunately means you taxpayers are going to have to pay the attorney's fees for the Public Interest Legal Foundation, 
which I'm sorry our tax money's got to go for that, but there's a whole lot of <laughs> worse things it could go for. But um, according to the president, Christian Adams, of this organization, he said this is a huge win for transparency in North Carolina elections. The public has a right to know about election vulnerabilities. The records conclusively show that foreigners have been registering to vote and voting in North Carolina elections. Now, that isn't a shock, although this is the first time I can remember reading that uh, this is a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. He goes on to say, it is a shame our efforts to disclose these records were met with such resistance by election officials. Real foreign interference in America elections happens when foreigners cast ballots. I mean, these are the same people that tell us there's no fraudulent situations going on with our elections. Why do you want to have voter ID in the state of North Carolina? That's ridiculous. There's, there's no fraud going on. These same people that say this are the same ones that fought this public interest legal foundation from basically allowing them to look at the books. Mm -hmm. Well, you, I mean, you would think it would be easy because based on the efforts of the, in the 2020 election through the efforts of Mark Elias, um, well, Roy Cooper, Josh Stein, and all the other Democrats and the national Democrats, including uh, Obama's former uh, attorney general, um, Eric Holder, Eric Holder, in North Carolina, they came in North Carolina and changed, changed the voting rules, one of which essentially on absentee ballots is, okay, the, the signature is not important. I mean, right. yeah, it's not important. So I don't doubt it's been going on for a long time. Well, and you read about it in other states and other cities and, you know, College Park, Maryland, up in New York City, uh, you know, they're now saying, oh, yeah, if you're an, if you're an illegal alien, if you're a foreign, a non-citizen, uh, we're going to allow you to vote in our local elections. Well, you know, if that's happening, it's also happening in state and federal elections. I mean, it mm-hmm. is because the same people are saying, oh, there, there's so-and-so. Yeah, come on. And he voted last time in the local mayor's race. Yeah, go ahead and vote again. You know it's happening across the board. But again, these people that say, oh, you know, the voter ID is disenfranchising the voter. No, this kind of stuff. When you have illegals coming in and voting, it is diluting everybody's vote. Yep. And that is disenfranchising. But uh, congratulations to the Public Interest Legal Foundation and uh, Christian Adams. We might try to get Christian on uh, later this week to talk a little bit more about this. Uh, it's rather upsetting that this is happening, but we've got to wake up. It's happening. And we need to uh, do all we can to uh, and make that, sure it and stops. And that was reported in the Carolina Journal today? It, well, it did. They they basically um, had the same press release that, that uh, we received and uh, reported. Well, speaking of the Carolina Journal, we've got uh, some breaking news on their website. It says Justice, Justices Berger, Earls, and Irvin issue orders confirming they will hear the redistricting case. Good. Which that's the case on Wednesday the yes, 2nd. Yes, this Wednesday, yeah. This yeah. Wednesday to uh, to see if they will uh, overturn or agree with what the three-judge panel said that the congressional maps and the General Assembly's maps were did not violate the Constitution. Let's see if they will stand up and do what they're supposed to do. You know, it's interesting. Um, Dallas Woodhouse did an article today in the Carolina Journal talking about, uh, well, covering the brief that the uh, Republican um, legislature's attorney has filed, his Phil Starch. He's the same guy that argued the uh, the. Uh, the case before the three judge panel up here, but but is he's it just gives us a look into some of the things that uh, Phil Starch is is hitting upon. 
But I thought the, the strongest uh, piece in this article, he talks about the fact that Republican legislators referenced Stevenson versus Bartlett, a 2002 state Supreme Court opinion that set redistricting standards still in place today. Now, the Eric Holder complainers, the plaintiffs, the appellants, would uh, want to rewrite Stevenson to say the following, the General Assembly may consider partisan advantage and incumbency protections in the application of its discretionary redistricting decisions, but it must do so in conformity with the state constitution, which forbids considering partisan advantage and incumbency protection. That's 180 degrees from what the Constitution actually says. Exactly. Um, now, um, Phil Stratch, Starch, rather, goes on to say, what is remarkable is that without amending a single word of the Constitution or even passing reference to a statute, the Eric Holder Group, argues that politics and redistricting has always been forbidding. This would treat every redistricting conducted by the General Assembly in history as unconstitutional. He goes on to say, do they expect this court to tell the generations of Republican voters who purportedly suffered constitutional violations at the hands of Democratic legislatures that their delayed justice is now served? through a court-drawn redistricting plan designed to continue Democratic control over redistricting. Well said. <laughs> but, and then basically said what we've said all along. Okay, the, the Dems have done this for decades, mm -hmm. literally decades and decades and decades. And now that the Republicans are in control, oh, suddenly they've got to come to Jesus' experience, and now they want to make sure that, oh, a nonpartisan group needs to draw these maps. You know, if the North Carolina Supreme Court overturns um, this three-judge panel on Wednesday, four to three, it will be really be interesting to see what what is their constitutional legal argument because it's clearly not one. Right. Um, you know, Attorney General Josh Stein and Roy Cooper did the friend of the court brief a week or so ago. Well, you know, they're they're. Po completely political they're in a political position but these these the supreme court justices wear a robe i mean you you're supposed to be an advocate for the law and the constitution it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do if if just one democrat on the supreme court says that the maps as they stand now upholds the lower court's decision and upholds the maps that will be a red letter day for that individual's character well they're gonna have to say that that the superior court three judge panel were, they were wrong. They, right. They'll have to basically you know, say they're wrong, and it was a bipartisan panel. And give us a reason why they were wrong. Yeah. Hey, stay with us. Much more to come. We'll be right back. Let's go, Brandon! Let's go, Brandon! When we are not covering Brandon's heroics. This uh, Brandon, he, what does he play? Well, Mr. President, they're not... Um... Folks, let's hear it for Brandon. What a job he's doing. Let's go, Brandon. Now back to news and let's news go, on 96.3 and 103.7. I agree with that. All right, welcome back in. By the way, welcome back to uh, Clark Willis, our producer, also known as Sickness. Out last week with COVID. And, uh, <coughs> yes, well, welcome back. Welcome back. Cover your mask, everything's, everything's cleared up. <laughs> Uh, take a look at your weather forecast. It looks uh, pretty good this week. If you like the warm weather, which uh, I'm hoping winter is over now that we had our three weeks of uh, weekend snows. Tonight, increasing clouds, a low around 28. Tomorrow, sunny, high near 54. 
Tuesday night, low around 32 with clear skies. Wednesday, sunny, high 59. Thursday, sunny, high 71. Thursday looks like today. Uh, it looks like the day that I'll be working all day in the office, unfortunately. <laughs> the uh, North Carolina um, News and Observer, Raleigh News and Observer, is announcing that beginning Tuesday, North Carolina women will be able to get uh, birth control pills without a doctor's prescription, a change that will give millions of women easier access to some of the most common contraceptives that prevent pregnancy. Interestingly, this was sponsored by a uh, Republican from Harnett County, Jim Bergen, Senator Jim Bergen, and he is very much pro-life. And his rationale for this is, look, let's do anything to prevent abortions. Let's stop the pregnancies from beginning. And so now you're going to be able to buy uh, birth control pills over the counter. Look, I'm no doctor, but I do know enough that um, women would be very wise in getting their doctor's advice on this before they run out and do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I mean, these pills, <laughs> they, they change your system. I'm smart enough to realize that. But, you know, what's interesting about this is, is this in anticipation? I mean, the fact that it passed and it's been signed is now in the law. And I, I granted, I realize a Republican sponsored this, but are we going to see more of this as um, there's a good possibility that Roe v. Wade could be sent back to the states in uh, this year, even or, or this year or next year? It depends on uh, what happens with the uh, cases out of uh, Texas and Mississippi. We'll see. So well, who, who funds this? Well, you still have to pay for the oh, for okay. the drugs. Oh, okay. but you just don't need a prescription. Oh, I got you. So, I mean, Medicaid and Medicare. Well, <laughs> Medicare is not going to be buying a whole lot of uh, birth control pills. You Medicaid. wouldn't think. How yeah. about they provide it for men? Or <laughs> yeah, you know the liberals. You know the liberals to say now that men can get pregnant. Uh, you know, we got an apple emoji now. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, the Blaze is reporting that. Um, Apple is coming out with a new emoji of a pregnant man, a pregnant person. <laughs> so uh, you can be a man with a pregnant belly or a woman with a pregnant belly on these emojis. <laughs> um, interesting responses. Lauren uh, Bobert, from, uh, re- representative from Colorado, tweeted, The same week the left is begging to cancel Joe Rogan for misinformation, Apple creates a pregnant man emoji. Um Radio host Jason uh, Rance said men can't get pregnant. This is a controversial take, 99% of the globe. Even emojis have to be woke now. British broadcaster Pierce Morgan said Apple's new pregnant man emoji, words fail me. Lisa Booth, Fox News contributor, the same people who like Apple's pregnant man emojis are worried about misinformation. (laughs) That's the truth. You know, if you argued, if Uh. if you probably went on... To Facebook and just said biological, biological impossibility. Men cannot get pregnant. They, might be, yeah, yeah they might be kicked off. Be put in Facebook uh, jail. Facebook jail. Telsey Gabbard, you remember her? Oh, yeah. The woman from, from Hawaii. Hawaii. She was, uh, ran for the uh, uh, nominee for the Democratic Party for president. A Russian asset accused by, by Hillary, yeah, Hillary Clinton. Hillary, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> She is, interestingly, that Hillary recall that she was, in, in hindsight, she was the only one on that stage. Eh, some people might say Bloomberg. I wouldn't. But the only person on that stage that had a lick of sense. Now, <laughs> she, she didn't have enough sense to get out of the Democratic Party. But 
She actually was uh, somewhat um, even keeled. She's criticized Joe Biden earlier today for promising to choose a Supreme Court nominee who is a black woman, saying such a movement is harmful and it's identity politics. Quote, Biden chose Harris as his VP because of the color of her skin and sex, not qualifications. She has been a disaster. Now he promises to choose Supreme Court nominee on the same criteria. Identity politics is destroying our country, Gabbard said. Well said. Yeah, well said. What do, what do you think Tulsi Gabbard's future is? Um, I, you know, part of me wants to say we hadn't heard the last of her from a political standpoint. I mean, she she probably is making making a buck or twelve on you know on all of her um, expert uh, appearances and things such as that. But you know, um, I mean, to your point, she was seemed like the most pragmatic. Uh, person in the Level race in, 20, sense, in yeah. 2020 but for the uh, democrats yeah. yeah for the democrats i just wonder have we really heard, not heard the last of her um could, i mean could the, question. Dem- could the democrats pull a fast one like hey you know this maybe maybe we need to bring her on the ticket or something i, I don't know I, well i don't know <laughs> I, you know i would like to think that her comments aren't just to give her notoriety that she actually believes in the comments that I she's hope she making does. And, you know, what's interesting about this is, you know, she was a Democrat. She ran as a president and her um, comments toward the pro-life uh, segment of the Democratic Party changed when she ran for president. Mm-hmm. Her dad, I think he was he the governor of uh, Hawaii. I think so. He was. And uh, when he was in office, he was very much pro-life and she followed initially in his footsteps and had to change her where she stood on that issue when she ran for the presidency. Uh, now, I don't know if she'll recant that and go back to how she was, which would seem a little overly too convenient. But You know, the Democrat Party during the primary, particularly Hillary Clinton, you know, made the comments about her being a Russian asset. And and it was a point there uh, multiple candidates all of a sudden attacked her to okay. get together. <laughs> so, so they fear her. For some reason, I mean, well, they, they, smart, either, they fear practice. her or they're all lemmings that will follow the yeah. talking points released by the DNC and the Clinton campaign. I think it's probably the latter. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. The um, by, by the way, though, uh, Lindsey Graham and I, I, my wife and I were talking about this over the weekend. Uh, you know, will it be a 50 50 split on whoever the nominee is for the Supreme Court justice? And I said, no, it won't be because Lindsey Graham will approve whoever comes down the pike. And uh, indeed, he was on Meet the Press yesterday. He said, put me in the camp of making sure that the court and other institutions look like America, he said. You know, we make a real effort as Republicans to recruit women and people of color to make the party look more like America. Listen, I I do not want people to come in just because they look a certain way. I want people to believe in what the party stands for, Lindsay. And listen, if your goal is to make the courts look like America, okay, how many homeless people are you going to put on the court? How many illegal drug uh, culture people are you going to put on the court? And, and hear me clearly, I'm not saying, I'm not comparing people of color or women as the same as the homeless or those people in the drug culture. What I am saying is our goal is to find people who represent and enforce the Constitution. We're not looking for a hodgepodge of people who manipulate the Constitution to meet their narrative. Well, you know, whether they're white, black, male, female, or what, you know, n- nothing should preclude anyone be- from being selected. Right. But it shouldn't be the very first 
yeah. quality that you look at. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, what what are we going to do? We're going to go through. We're going to wait every every uh, census and say, okay, we've got X yeah. percent of white males in this country, X percent white females, X percent, you know, African American. What what are you going to do and say, okay, we can only have Congress that looks like that? It's just it's maddening. Uh-huh. This all it is is political posturing. Well, and, 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 and Lindsay, why don't you resign? Yeah. We got too many white males up there. Why don't you resign and hand your seat over to somebody else? Um, well, he's not. Tennessee. He's not very male, but you know, I think, <laughs> well, I think he's a male, but he's not. He's not very male. <laughs> but look, look where, where are these people? I mean, why? Why aren't they praising the likes of Clarence Thomas and Amy Coney Barrett? Exactly. Well, yeah, you know, Lindsay won't be the only one. Of course, you know, these things are never close. I mean, they're a little bit closer when it's Republican. I mean, because you see how the Democrats oh, yeah. act. Oh, yeah. But yeah. the Republicans never challenge to the level that Democrats yeah. do. You said it. Hey, uh, stay with us. Take another break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Mark Morgan talking about immigration. Stay with us. To news and views. Talk 96.3 and 1037. All right, welcome back in. Tom Lamprecht, Benny Hardy, and you for the ride at home. Mark Morgan joined the Heritage Foundation as a visiting fellow in February of 2021 after serving as acting commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection in the Trump administration. Mark has over 30 years of law enforcement experience. He is a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation and works on border, immigration, and public safety policies as well as issues related to China and asylum asylum issues. Uh, he oversaw the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, managed a budget of over $13 billion, 60,000 employees. Is that right? <laughs> Mark Morgan is with us right now. Mark, welcome in. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, you know, sometimes when I hear that, thanks, Tom, I, I, uh, I forget just how big the Customs and Border Protection uh, is. Actually, it was a little over 62,000. It's actually the largest law federal law enforcement agency in the United States. Wow. Mm. Yeah, there is uh, just, I mean, it's overwhelming and maddening as every night on the news we see stories related to the immigration debacle. And a year ago, Joe Biden, and the irony is Joe Biden says, oh, this is what was handed to us. No, what was handed to the Biden administration was a wall that was going up very quickly and a policy that was working and uh, keeping our borders for the first time in a long time more secure than they've ever been. And now they're just a open sieve more so than they've ever been. Uh, Mark, I don't know if you heard today, President Biden said that his administration is committed to improving the border crisis by, quote, trying to figure out why migrants are leaving their home countries to come to the United States in the first place. Uh, you know, and we, Benny and I were talking earlier. Frankly, the American people don't care what the reason is. We care about our borders. Yeah, Tom, look, it, it, first of all, it, everything you just said, I, I tell you what, I, I could have said it better myself. Let's be very clear. The facts are that this administration inherited the most secure border in our lifetime. And you're spot on when you when you discuss one of the many outright blatant lies being told 
by this administration and the American people that they inherited the dismant- uh, dismantled system, when we know that's absolutely a lie. We had the Remain in Mexico program that was one of the most effective policies to, to regain integrity in our system and close the loopholes that ended it. The asylum cooperative agreements with the Northern Triangle countries that ended foreign shopping and had them really get skin in the game, they ended it. The wall system, we built 465 miles, and everywhere we put that, along with technology and personnel, every single major excess increase, they stopped building that. I could go on and on and on. And now they've been talking about root causes. Well, let's talk about one of the root causes. Your open border policies to tell people from the entire world, now's the time to come. We're going to let you in. And the last time I checked, the United States is the greatest country in the face of the planet. That's never going to change. So, again, they're just they're absolutely lying to American people every single day while they're jeopardizing every aspect of our nation's public health, national security and safety. Well, and quite frankly, all you've got to do is go back and look at some of the videos that Fox News and other organizations have taken on the border interviewing these people. And they're saying, well, we're here because Joe Biden said, come on in. That's right. That's right. Tom, and, and, and look, uh, when they do interviews, here's another thing we know. There's two very important other things we know, that the overwhelming majority of them come for economic reasons. They're economic migrants, or they're trying to reunite with families. While we can appreciate that, and we can understand what one wanting to, to improve their life, guess what? None of those are actually legitimate asylum claims, and this administration knows it. But yet they're still incentivizing and encouraging. Look, we saw the, the recent videos just recently. Now we have confirmation. I've known all along. We have concrete uh, confirmation now that they're releasing single adults in the United States. It's not just unaccompanied minors. So now what they're telling the entire world, come to our borders. Yep. It doesn't matter. Unaccompanied minor, family or single adult, within a couple hours, we're going to process you and release you in the interior of the United States. And oh, but then by the way, once you remain here illegally, Secretary Mayorkas has said ICE. You can't remove them. Yeah. That's where we're at. Well, I mean, we're in an alternate universe, Tom. Yeah. We're talking to Mark Morgan, who was the uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection uh, Commissioner under Donald Trump. Uh, hey, Mark, this is Benny. Um, you were also chief of the uh, U.S. Border Patrol under Barack Obama just before you were with Donald Trump. What What do you see? Because I'm sure you saw kind of the differences in the agency then under Donald Trump and th- now. What explain what differences you see just even from the Barack Obama administration between now and Joe Biden's administration? I mean, even to me, it seems like Barack Obama's administration was not this um, lousy fair. Yeah, lousy fair on the border. I mean, what 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 do you think is the big change? Yeah, but he's all right. So uh, I, look, although I, I served under the Obama and Biden administration, uh, I didn't I didn't agree with the majority of the policies. But you're absolutely 100 percent correct. The, those policies that, that, that I thought uh, were ineffective pale in comparison to what we're seeing now. The restrictions on ICE weren't nearly as bad as they are right now. We were still removing people. We sure as a heck were not releasing single adults, I can tell you that. And, 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 and so when, when, when we worked for President Trump, we, we, we fixed all of that. We turned it around 180 degrees. And, and as Biden took over, look, I knew it was going to be bad, but I have to be honest with you, I, I underestimated just how bad and how fast they would open our borders. And, and it is the, – the, the borders right now, it's a wild, wild west right now. I mean, it is complete lawlessness on our southwest border. And, look, it's, it's not just that it's lawlessness. It's not just that they're not enforcing the law, but, but you know what? they're lying to the American people about it every single day. Yeah. 
let, let, let's get into the legality of this. If I, and I'm pulling from memory here, Mark, but did Congress not approve the building of the wall? Yes, so that's a great point. You look, a lot of people aren't talking about that and they miss that. So I really appreciate you talking about that. That's right. So I, I want to ask, where's the comptroller? Right? Where's Congress? I mean, when you pass a, a, a budget, that's a law. $1.375 billion was appropriated by Congress. And this administration came in and said, stop. They actually directed CBP to stop utilizing the money that Congress had passed in an appropriations law. To me, that's unconstitutional. Right. But you haven't heard a single uh, uh, issue with that. Where, where's the IG? Where's the comptroller? You know, doing an investigation, saying this is unconstitutional, this is unlawful. Where are the, the Republicans? Right. I, I, I've heard very little on this issue, only from a handful of congressional members. Hey, Mark, um, I know in your time at the FBI, you've been involved in all, all sorts of organized crime task force and from everything from MS-13 and Eurasian task force and that type of thing. And today here in North Carolina, uh, our North Carolina Department of uh, Health uh, issued a stat that in 2021, we had a 26% increase in overdoses just in North Carolina. And I know from personal experience, just seeing what we see around here, that, that fentanyl is a big part of it. How, what, how big is the problem at the border with, with fentanyl coming over the border in the United States? So this is one of the most important questions. So if you're listeners right now, just, just take a second, please, and listen to this question. Because here's one of the false narratives and lies being told by the administration. They want the American people to believe that somehow uh, the, the, the lawlessness and the wild, wild west on the southwest border uh, it only impacts border states and communities. It's a lie. It's why we say every town, city, and state is a border town, city, and state. Look, when you open your border up to one crisis or one threat, you open your borders up to the vast, complex set of threats that we face from outside our borders. In this case, they've opened it up to illegal immigration. So in the first 12 months, 2 million apprehensions. That takes valuable limited resources, border resources, off the front line, off the national security mission, leaving large areas of the border wide open, unmonitored, unsecured. And what happens? Gang members are pouring in, criminal aliens are pouring in, and drugs are pouring in. And the drugs and the criminals and the gang members do not stay along the southwest border. They make their way to every town, city, and state, including your state. I guarantee you this, gentlemen, it, it, the, the fentanyl overdoses that you're experiencing right now, that fentanyl came to the southwest border. That's why we say this is a border security issue. It's a national security and it's a public uh, a safety issue. Let me get back to the the legal issue because I mean all this dovetails together the fentanyl the uh, the the wall uh, you you referenced the videos that came out last week that were actually from yep. I guess late last summer and earlier in the fall where we have illegals being flown all over the United States and and again it, from what I understand that is illegal that they, they shouldn't they they well it's illegal they can't be doing that but yet they are. Uh, the American people are totally frustrated. Uh, they're frustrated with their own representation that they're not doing more. Why are we at the standstill? Is there anybody that is taking the lead on this and saying, we're going to, we're going to fast track this as quick as we can to the Supreme court and get them to you know, reinstate the building of the wall, for example. Yeah. So, so again, spot on, this is a very, very important element. Look, so, so look, we all talked 
2022, you know, it's very important. Yeah, I, I get it. It is. 20, don't get me wrong. I, I, yes, 2022, getting people in Congress that actually understand the importance of border security and actually enforcing our law and our nation's sovereignty. Yes, full stop. However, we can't wait till then, and that's not the end all to be on. Right now, we need states to continue to step up, like the, the attorney general of, of Texas, right. the attorney, uh, I mean, the Baxter. governor of Texas. Look, right, right, exactly. So Paxton and Governor Abbott together have done more than any other state in this union to try to fill the gap and the lawlessness that's been created by this administration. You have other governors out there, uh, like Governor DeSantis. You have an AG from Missouri that's joined in on a couple lawsuits. But the vast majority, they, they, they haven't got to get in the states to step up and do more. And, and the last thing I'll say, look, as great as, as Governor Abbott and Paxton have done, it, it's still not enough. Because you, it's, the flow is still coming, our border is still unsecure. So, look, what, that's why we're pushing a constitutional issue. Article 1, Section 10, Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution. It talks about the president's duty and obligation to protect our borders. And when they fail to do so, the Guarantee Clause gives, I believe, the states the right to step up and do what the government is not doing and start removing illegal aliens from the country. Until we start – and it, look, as long as we don't remove illegal aliens – they're going to keep coming. Our border is still going to be in a crisis. What would you suggest the involvement be for an interior state like North Carolina to get involved in the fight? Yeah, so a couple of things. One is there, there's, a, there's an active lawsuit right now where there's going to be a couple of AGs joining. And you talked about those flights at night. And, right. you know, we call them secret flights. Uh, for, for a reason. But this, this you know, they're, they're done at two in the morning, uh, no cameras. They're not coordinated with any state, right? No, no state governor AG knows when these flights are coming or who the flights. But this, this administration still says, oh, oh, oh what, what's wrong with that? I don't understand. So one thing that they can do is mandate that at a minimum to be fully transparent that before they push someone, an illegal alien, into their state, that there should be coordination with that state with respect to what they're doing. The other thing that I would say that we need to push is that make them enforce the law. Look, the drugs are pouring into every state. Criminal and gang members are pouring into every state. Every governor should be stepping up and saying, no, this enough is enough. The government must secure the border, and if you're not, we're going to take action, regardless of whether you're a border state or an interior state. You know, it's said over and over again that the Democrats are allowing this massive influx of illegal immigrants, at m most of whom people think are Hispanics, although more and more we hear there's from nations all around the world. In fact, last week they are saying how many were from Ukraine, for that matter. But uh, assuming th their rationale for allowing this is they assume that these people are going to vote Democrat. Now, you've been involved yeah. in this in a long, long time. Is is that uh, a legitimate thought for the Democrats to think? I, I mean, I know, I know it's immoral for them to do what they're doing based on that. But what I mean, it appears to me from the Hispanic families I know that have come into the United States and now residing here, they're actually fairly conservative when it comes to a lot of these issues. I'm not sure they would vote for the Democrats. So a couple of things. First, let me put stop what you, you talk about, where these folks are coming from. Again, it's not Mexico, the Northern Triangle country on the issue. Border Patrol in the last 12 months apprehended illegal aliens from 150 countries. Wow. I just saw news, uh, uh, I just saw news, uh, a report of just before I got on here where there was a reporter down on the border talking through the fence and he was asking where they were coming from. He's talking to somebody standing there that came from Ukraine and literally standing right next to that illegal alien was somebody who came from Russia. 
So, yeah, wow. so they're, they're coming from all over the world. That's why this is also a national security issue. But, look, I've been doing this for 35 years. I served under six administrations, Republican, Democrat. I do believe they see at least believe a perceived political benefit from their open border policies. Look, remember, illegal aliens are counted in the census. So they're playing a long game, and they think they're going to get a bump up in house seats. And I think if they continue at this pace, they're right on. It's an effective strategy. Now, I do believe they also feel every single illegal alien they find a pathway to citizenship is going to uh, uh, equate to a Democratic vote. I I think there's some legitimacy to that perception as well. There's a lot of advocates right now that are pushing that. They're going to feel like they own the Democrat uh, something if they actually provide them amnesty. So um, that's their strategy. They're doing this intentionally. We're up against the clock here, Mark, but overall, what should our, our average listener out there, how should they respond? I mean, obviously they're frustrated, but what can they do uh, in this fight? Two, two, two things. One, vote in 2022 and vote for the right people to right. secure our borders. One, but you can't wait for them. The other thing is they've got to get involved at their, at their local state level. Talk to your state legislator. Talk to your AG. Uh, and talk to your uh, uh, governor, demand that they step up to protect their state that this government is. And if you think that the border does not impact your state, you're just flat out wrong. The next time you hear about an overdose of drugs, I guarantee you that drug came from the southwest border. Mark Morgan, thank you so much, sir. Unfortunately, we've got Governor Cooper, who's right there with Joe Biden, and we got Josh Stein, who's our AG. But we do have a, got a lot of good represent, representatives in our uh, state house, so uh, we will do that. Mark, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. I felt like we've just touched the tip of the iceberg, so let's have you back. You bet, gentlemen, anytime. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks Mark. Stay with us. Benny and I will be right back. And ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Uh, I am impressed with Mark Morgan. Yeah. I um, I don't know who our next uh, Republican president is going to be, but uh, this guy needs to be reinstated as the U.S. Customs and Border uh, Chief Honcho. The uh, guy knows his stuff. He's got a long, long career. I didn't even mention the fact that he had a 20-year career with the FBI before he got involved with uh, Custom and Borders Protection. But uh, he is right on. Interestingly, um, earlier today, he's Jen, no, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Go he's, ahead. he's no mayor, Secretary Mayorkas. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, earlier today, Jen Psaki was asked about Joe Biden's response to, and we didn't even get the chance to talk to Mark about this, but the Border Patrol agents that uh, basically blew up at Mayorkas oh, down yeah. in Texas and uh, just let them have it and let a superior, uh, what was his name, one of the superiors, uh, they let them have it as well. Just saying, you know what, uh, if good men do nothing, uh, evil will prevail. And uh, they're absolutely right. Our, the guys on the front line are sick of it, they're tired of it, and they need to... And they're risking uh, their lives. They, yeah, they are risking their lives, and they need to be backed up. Absolutely. So as uh, Mark said, get ready to go out and vote for people that will protect our borders. we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.